0: Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, Improving the Security of Software. With support from Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management, and compliance. This is your host, Mark Miller. I am talking with... Sarah Basso, the executive director of OWASP. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. And you are in San Francisco this morning. I'm in New York. Quite a hop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like we're right next to each other.
0: It does. It, it sounded pretty good. You know, I'm sure everybody wants to say, first of all, congratulations uh, for the new baby that's coming on.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I've received a lot of really nice messages from people in the community about it.
0: Because of that, you have decided to step down as executive director, right?
1: I decided um, originally I was thinking I would just take my maternity leave and then come back and keep working. But kind of the more things, the more, the more things progressed in the pregnancy. And I thought through kind of what my priorities were in terms of my life and my next the next few years, um, I decided it, I wanted to be home full-time with the baby. I mean, I don't want to be traveling, and I think it's important for um, someone in the executive director role at OWASP to be traveling and to be attending events. I also just felt like the time that this job and energy that this job required wasn't something that really meshed with what my idea of being a new mom and being able to give my most my biggest priority to the baby and family
0: it's funny when i've had my first child my wife and i talked about that too and we both thought you know our life isn't going to change that much let's keep doing what we're doing <laughs> That pretty much ended in the first week
1: plenty of moms do the do both and i they get tons of respect from me I just felt like I was in a really fortunate position to be able to make this my full time my new full time job and I that I'd really regret it if I didn't take advantage.
0: When you think back on your tenure at OWASP, well, what's your legacy, Sarah? What are you leaving that you're most proud of?
1: Well, I started working with OWASP, let's see. Over three and a half years ago when we did the 2011 Global Summit, when we were planning for that, you know, I had to kind of jump in with over my head with OWASP things and get up to speed fast. And then I've had experience working with the previous committees, um, with the chapters and the industry committee and the conferences committee, and then moving into more full-time events events and conferences, and then the executive director role. And I think that some of the things I'm most proud of that we've, I think, really progressed as an organization is putting together some structure and frameworks to our processes to make it a scalable organization that can support a community of now over 42,000 people, um, but also where we're making sure that we have our in a row in terms of compliance with um, legal legal issues and um, tax filings and other other things that are very central to the business of OWASP. Yeah, I think I think especially in the last year and four months or about since I took over as executive director, that's been one of one of my highest priorities. I think is oh, when OWASP was small, it wasn't a big deal. But now um, last year we brought in over two million dollars in revenue. and we have a lot more, a lot more things to, to be checking on and making sure we're filing in terms of, like I said, taxes, VAT filings, state compliance laws, um, and making sure we have workflows for all the staff. And so the community knows kind of how to process their different requests. I hope that that continues because I don't, I don't think it's a complete process. I think we have a good framework now and we have some, some contractors on, on retainer now to help us, um, with making sure we're doing those things, but it's certainly not complete. So I really hope that OWASP is able to continue building upon those, those structures, I guess, and relationships.
0: What what was hard? What was the hardest part? Was it <laughs> dealing with people? Was it uh, managing processes that just didn't want to go? <laughs> you know, what's hard about the position?
1: To be honest, there's, I mean, there's a lot of hard things. I think that, you know, I was talking to someone else recently, and I think one of the hardest adjustments is that I moved from a position where, you know, I was really, I hope I'm still enabling volunteers But a lot of my day to day work isn't the most fun, like ponies and rainbows and go OWASP. It's having to tell people things they might not want to hear and being able to making sure we're doing things in compliance with the law and within what we need to do to sustain our nonprofit status. And I don't think I don't think everyone in our community, and they don't need to, but they have been familiar with U.S. nonprofit laws. And so a lot of what I've been doing is helping them understand how they can operate within the confines of that. But it's not always easy or cheap, and it's not always what people want to hear. And I don't love being the person that tells people no. I wish I could tell everyone yes to everything they want to do. But, I, you know, someone has to be the buck stops here, and that's that's hard. People don't always love what you have to tell them. I think the other thing that's been a little bit difficult is, you know, we are a bottom-up organization and having an executive director role does have a top-down element to it. So finding the right balance between how to support OWASP in its efforts um, as a bottom-up organization and based on what the volunteers want to do, but also keeping some structure so we can enable a greater amount of collaboration in the community.
0: Speaking of collaboration within the community, you've had a a very high level view of the chapter leads and the project leads. Do you have any advice for them as you're stepping away? What are you seeing as Problems that uh, let's use chapter leads as an example. That every chapter lead has to overcome as they're going through the process.
1: I think with chapter leaders, they they have they take on a lot of work, and I think a lot of chapter leaders start start a chapter with a lot of energy, and they don't realize how much energy and time it's going to take to really build that chapter, keeping it going and and growing it. And so I hope that there is more collaboration and not just wanting to be the sole leader, but understanding that a team is going to work the best. And also collaboration between chapter leaders in a region or country so that they can understand, understand common issues that they're facing and rely on each other for support and help. I also think that, you know, chapters. The chapters collectively right now have a lot of money in their in their individual chapter accounts, which is um, they have over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars collectively, which can be very powerful in helping them achieve their goals. And so, I hope that they become more aware of ways they can spend it and use it to be effective.
0: That's interesting because you don't usually hear much other than from Owen, about chapter spending money and how to spend the money.
1: Yeah, I think um, we've been, you know, there's, there's an element in the chapter leader handbook. And we've been trying to tell people at things like chapter leader workshops and answer their questions. But there's really a limitless number of ways they can spend their money, as long as it's in some sort of relation to promoting the mission of OWASP and, and or promoting their chapter. And so it may be things like paying travel fees for bringing in speakers, um, purchasing promotional merchandise, getting engaged in other events, whether they wanna purchase like a sponsorship to promote OWASP through that other organization or have a table at that event. You know, there's all of those things. Some chapters use it so their leaders can go to like AppSec USA. Um, to meet more of the speakers that are there to try and, you know, build build presence and collaborate with people on a larger scale. But, I mean, there are so many different ways chapters have used money, and I think that the most successful chapters don't necessarily need the money, but they've found ways to to really use it to grow their presence. Food at meetings, people love to come to meetings where there's food and they're not missing dinner, I mean, things like that go, go a long way, surprisingly.
0: How important to OWASP is the project evaluation that Joanna is leading right now?
1: It's monumentally important. I think the, one of the very core things to OWASP that makes us special in who we are is the, um, the great projects that we have have been going on since the beginning of OWASP that were started last week. I mean, we have a wide range of skills and tools and documentation, things that are on their second, third, fourth revision, things that are new. And I think we, as an organization, need to find ways to sustain those old projects or projects that have been around a while and making sure they're getting fresh energy, as well as promoting the innovation of new people that are coming into the community. And I think Joanna is trying to right now work with both, but especially the projects that that have done more development and spent more time to make sure that they're properly reviewed to give some sort of um, evaluation and criteria to people looking at those projects, looking in at those projects. Um, So they know what kind of quality they can expect. And Joanna's taken on just a huge effort and done a, a great job of setting some criteria and working through those. I think, you know, the struggle with the projects, and this has been going on as long as I've been with OWASP, is that as a global organization and with so many different people, there are a bunch of different frameworks you can use for managing projects, managing their data, managing their code. And not everyone wants to plug into the same place, but in order for us to properly um, evaluate and manage them and understand what we have collectively, it's important to get everything in in a central location. And so I think that there's, it's once again, that balance between having kind of a top-down structure in enabling the bottom-up collaboration and innovation. Um, and I, I hope that as this process evolves that Joanna's working on, that it's a good mix of those because Joanna's very aware of of that dynamic. And I think she's a good person to be to be driving this. I think that getting getting buy-in from the community and all the project leaders can be a struggle because people have opinions and It's not like one is right or wrong, but getting everyone to agree to something is a lot harder as we're a large organization.
0: One of the interesting things of that project evaluation process is that she has divided uh, the criteria into there's code projects and there's documentation projects. And there's a real dilemma on how to evaluate a documentation project.
1: I think as a community or we need to start with some sort of some sort of an idea of what does what does open source, what does what does the OWASP mission mean in terms of documentation projects? Does it mean that all the data that goes into those projects needs to also be open and freely available? Does it mean that the document needs to be in a certain a certain type of source file, so it's an editable document by the community. You know, there's there's a lot of different definitions. Does it just mean that the information that they're communicating is open and free, but it doesn't matter about the data and the format of the document? I mean, there are a lot of different variations, and I think coming to a common understanding or at least a general consensus on what that openness and standard means for OWASP is going to be a good starting place. And then from there, I think then you need to under work on the projects that are higher higher level up the totem pole. Like maybe if they're going to be flagship projects, and we're really going to be promoting those as an organization. What are we what are we saying in terms of those projects? Have they been reviewed by um, a technical editor? Has all the content and um, documentation been checked? Is it does it all have citations? I think I think looking at it from diff, those perspectives at each tier and saying, you know, if this is like a research paper or something that we're really putting out there for people to rely on, it should have citations and it should have everything checked and validated in terms of everything from grammar to is this date statement about data or testing correct?
0: The agreement upon the priority of the evaluations for a documentation project. You're right, that's gonna be very, very hard. Where are you gonna get consensus on what's important and what's not?
1: I think that theres it's one of those things that gathering general input for the community is good, but at some point someone's gonna need to make a decision on it, and not 100% of people are gonna agree. So that's a tough one.
0: Fall elections are coming up for the board. Yeah. Uh, any recommendations <laughs> for people that are, are coming onto the board?
1: I'm I'm hesitant to say this just because I probably, probably won't get everyone agreeing with me, but I'm just going to put it out there. I think that a lot of times when people are running for the board, they're interested and they really have a lot of energy for OWASP and making it better. And they also have experience with OWASP, hopefully at different levels. Like maybe they've been a project leader and really driving a particular project and have been involved in that capacity. Or maybe they've been a chapter leader. Or maybe they've run a conference. And all of those things are so important and I don't mean to minimize that. But I think when the commu- we're we're relying on a community voting system. And when the community votes, A lot of times they recognize a name because of that chapter or project or what the person has done, but they're not necessarily looking at what is going to make this person a good board member, which is, in my opinion, monumentally different than what makes them a good project leader or what makes them a good volunteer in the community. And I think that that's something we really need to look at because not only does the quality of our board members and Terms of shaping our organization make a difference in having someone that understands what does it mean to be a board member that works for a or that um, is with a five hundred one c three in the United States. What does that mean about the role and their what they're giving up in terms of boundaries with the staff and you know kind of the checks and balances of the organization? And I I don't know the best way to communicate that to the community. But I'm hoping that, you know, when we go through an interview process with the candidates, as well as, um, you know, any written questions and answers, some of those questions can be asked instead of, you know, what's your best contribution to OWASP? Because people have made amazing contributions, but I just don't think that that's necessarily what's going to make them a good board member. And I hope that the board members, people that want to run, think about that and think about what the commitment is because it's not always, you know, they're doing a lot of things that aren't necessarily fun volunteer work. They have to do a lot of other making tough decisions and be willing to be willing to, you know, be the bad guy or be take a step back and look at what is my role as a board member versus what was it as a volunteer. I think those general guidelines are good for board people that want to run for the board, as well as people that are voting in the community to really take under consideration. And I hope that the evolution of OWASP in this, in for the board perspective, is that that comes more to the forefront instead of it being a popularity contest or uh, just who has given the most time to OASp.
0: When you sit down with your, your child in five years and you say, you know, <laughs> I used to do this, and you, you go and show them OWASP, what do you hope to see when you look back at five and ten years?
1: You know, I, I really hope, I think as a, as we're really in like a, a, grow, a growing pains stage, and I think that I hope OWASP continues to grow, but some of these pains, as I'm going to call them, of really of really trying to define policies and some of the attitudes you see coming out on public mailing lists, you know, some great feedback, some not so appropriate, in my opinion. I hope that that tames down and that we can still, as an organization, have meaningful discussions about things, but people can do it in a constructive way. But more, moreover, that the discussions get to the content of what our mission is and really get get more streamlined in terms of the governance and the flaming back and forth discussions. Because I think OWASP has a really amazing amount to offer, both the AppSec community and, you know, just the wider the wider software community and I I don't always think we get our point across in the most effective way, which is partially a marketing thing and partially a content thing. But I think right now what's taking kind of all the energy up is unproductive discussions on the leaders list and on the community lists. And I I really hope that people can find a way to understand how to do that in a productive way um, where we're not censoring people, but... We are putting our energy in things that are gonna make us a better organization and make us look like someone that's professional and knows what we're doing to the to the wider community
0: it's It's interesting, Sarah, because to me that's uh, a very emotional response to <laughs> what's been happening on the mailing list for the last six months Yes but underlying all of that, there is uh, the bigger overall question. Will OWASP remain relevant to the coming generations?
1: I think because of some of the dynamics in OWASP, I think we will remain relevant in, in addressing the new generations as long as we're continuing to promote innovation and new energy in the community um, and not becoming stagnant in terms of who our volunteers are and i think you know the emotional response that i have really goes back to that because if if someone new comes into our community and they see they see a bunch of you know bs on the leaders list for lack of a better way to see it they're not energized to keep doing volunteer work for our, for our organization whether they have an amazing new idea or not that's really off-putting. And so I think, you know, being able to really draw in that new energy, new ideas, staying relevant is going to be something that if we can't find a way to harness discussions is going to be something that's hard. Just because I know a lot of people that are, or quite a few people that are new to the community, particularly that have been off-put and not as patient with that.
0: I've been talking with Sarah Basso, the outgoing executive director of OWASP. Sarah, again, congratulations on the new baby. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be in touch sometime soon again. Sounds
1: great. Thank you, Mark.
0: Thank you. been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller. OWASP 24-7 is sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management and compliance.